And welcome to this week's episode of Planet Nerd Podcast. Uh, took a week off due to some travel, but we're back better than ever. Um, some nerd news to catch up on and some new shows have kicked off. Um, Jordan? Hey guys, yeah. I, I, I don't know if I'm ever better than ever, but definitely still breathing at least. So uh, it's good to be back and you know get to talk to everybody, get to talk some nerd stuff. Um, I think this week we'll probably start with what if, um, you know, the new Marvel show, Marvel continues to give us gems out there and what if is definitely it. And, um, you know, just my initial thoughts were, oh no, another animated thing. Um, I gotta admit guys, this actually made me like some animated stuff. So, um, it, hell has frozen over. And I enjoyed some animated stuff, Eric. So there you go. You, fa- you found the thing that I like that's animated. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's definitely good. I mean, the first two episodes came out. Um, obviously, we'll, we will do this weekly, um, barring any travel or anything that comes up. But yeah, we're going to do the first two episodes. And the premiere, I mean, what? Yeah, you can argue. It kicked off the MCU, um, but it kicked off the really the big Avengers phases. And it was, uh, what if Agent Carter was Captain America? And it's a very interesting, when I saw that was the first one, I thought, I don't know how they're going to do this. And what's cool about this is it follows the storyline of the first Avenger movie um, where it's Hydra, it's Red Skull, but instead of Steve Rogers getting the serum, it's Agent Carter um, because Steve Rogers got shot in the shoulder. <laughs> um, so really alternate storyline kicking off there. Um, but then it follows the similar storyline, freeing the prisoners of war, uh, fighting Red Skull, Hydra, but really what stood out, I mean, you kind of touched on it too, is the animation. Um, really smooth animation. Uh, it just... Well, and I, I had heard it was like Into the Spider-Verse, like animation, which made me groan because I'm probably one of like the two people on this planet that did not like Into the Spider-Verse. The animation was so shaky. It gave me like a migraine watching it. But this, I mean, I guess I could see where it came from on that animation, but it, like you said, smooth. That's the exact word in my notes is, this is some of the smoothest animation I've ever seen. Like, give those people that animated the show a raise. And I, I really appreciate how, especially in the Agent Carter episode, you know, how they they kind of just, it, they retcon what they have to retcon to make the story work. And because this is just a show contained you know this is the watcher which i think is a cool concept you know giving us his version of what happened in an alternate timeline they can make changes to it so that way the story still works but it still feels like the same story um and yeah man the animation is it's great like it it kept me as as engaged as i think the storyline did yeah absolutely and Steve Rogers, I mean, he still, he does get powers, but it's more from that in, it's more from that Infinity War Hulk Iron Man 
<laughs> costume. I'll put in my notes. It was like a cross between like the Mark One Iron Man costume and Iron Giant. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's either way you can look at it. I mean, it's Hulk, Iron Man, Iron Giant, Mach One, but yeah, it, and I mean, you're getting some interesting developments too. Of some are reprising their roles with the voices, and others are not. I mean, Steve Rogers was not voiced by Chris Evans. Red Skull was not voiced by Hugo Weaving, um, which was a little disappointing because Weaving was awesome as Red Skull. Um, just that voice that he does for it is just perfect. And yeah, I mean, that was really it. I mean, it stood out. I mean, it's kind of weird. The alien wormhole thing was kind of weird, though, I thought. It, it was, but then I also like the fact, like, if they didn't tie it up with the very last scene, where, like, I was wondering how they were going to, like, turn it where she disappears, like Rogers did for, like, you know, 70 years. And that's how they did it, is she basically went into the Tesseract um, and then came out basically in the Avengers 1, where, you know, it's that scene where, like, Loki comes out in the first Avengers, except in this case, it's Agent Carter. Yes. Um, And I thought that was cool. Like, they... Like, you know, would I want to see a movie made out of that? No. But I think it was a very, very cool take, you know. I like the fact that there was a... They, they put a little bit of the misogynistic tone in it, but that would have fit for the time. So, you know, you know, like, the soldier's like, wow, let I didn't know a dame could fight like that, you know? Like, and she was just like, well, yeah, I'm here to save you, so why don't you shut up? Yeah. You know? Um, I, I love the Bucky tease uh, about his arm. Where, like, he's, like, going to, like, fall off the train and she grabs it. And she's like, whoa. He's like, you almost ripped my arm off. Like, <laughs> I was yeah, like, yeah no, yeah, no, there's some little subtle references to future future Marvel movies um, in these that I like. And they're like, huh. And that's the point of this, too. I mean, they're kind of throwing some familiarity, but also new moves. They kind of keep the audience like us engaged um but yeah that was episode one episode two this week um was a very interesting one i mean i would not have ever thought <laughs> of this instead of quill being abducted by yondu and his crew it was t'challa which is one of boseman's last appearances um in marvel I but, think it actually is his last one. I think that unless he's in oh. this is his biggest, his most prominent one. I, I think I read it is in four of these total. Is he? Yeah. So yeah, so this he. Is a, this is the biggest. This is his most prominent though. Of the it, one. It, it kind of broke my heart to hear his voice a little bit. It, yeah, it was, it was really bittersweet. <laughs> yeah, like you know, the, like the fact that he like passed away, you know, really kind of like it, it's gonna make us appreciate some of the stuff that we're gonna get, you know. Um, and between this episode, if we're going to get him a couple more times, even more so, and then, you know, Black Panther 2 comes out, um, you know, that'll probably be our saying our final goodbye, I'm assuming. So, yeah, um, it was, but what I liked about this one, uh, it's a similar intro to Guardians, um, the 2014 movies, the first scene. 
where he's stealing the orb and Korath is comes in and and this is where it goes different instead of going like you should you know me as star lord instead of a battle ensuing Korath's like holy shit it's star lord um so it, right there's the difference in terms of we're under the impression that T'Challa as Star-Lord has done way more good than Quill. <laughs> He's kind of like a Han Solo almost, you know, but maybe with like a better reputation. It's the kind of vibe I got was like, you know, this guy is kind of going through the galaxy and, you know, he's kind of becoming a hero of the galaxy in a way. But you know, one thing about this episode is I guess I was hoping to see some more of the Guardians. Like, we got Drax. But we didn't get any Gamora. No, we got Nebula. Didn't get any, we got a very different version of Nebula. Yes, um, and, and a then different no, version of Drax. Yes, and Drax and no group. But but I think more so importantly, Eric, the most different version of a person we saw in this was Thanos. Yeah, I think, I think like, my reaction. I think my message to you when I saw that was, "What the actual fuck?" Because it was so different. Like, yeah, he's a good guy and he's a bartender, but he still has this like genocidal view and how to like fix the problems but instead of making it a bad thing it's a running joke throughout the entire episode yes like what do they call him mr genocide or something like that or yeah there's there's just so much is i mean it's like it is the what if like what if this happened and obviously guardians of the galaxy introduced thanos and that's when we first really got saw the Infinity Stones and all that, but so we got so we obviously we got a different version here. Um, but we also got the Collector, and then probably one of the most obscure references I think in any show I've seen recently. Howard the Duck just pops up, and he's <laughs> he's he's part of the Collector's thing, and he just pops up, and then the child rescues him. And then he sits down to have a drink, and then T'Challa leaves. And yeah, I, I think that was my WTAF moment. Was like, wait, Howard the fucking duck? Are you kidding me, guys? Yeah, I mean, I, I think too that tied into kind of the pop culture references that Quill makes in Guardians. So they wanted to throw that in there. I think that's kind of what that was about. Um, but it was just of all the references to make. Howard the Duck is kind of one of the most random. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, man, and the whole point of that is that they've, T'Challa has basically turned, has basically saved the galaxy as Star-Lord, turned the Ravagers into like this Robin Hood type vibe, um, steal from the rich, give to the poor type deal. And yeah, I mean, like Drax is the bartender, Thanos is reformed, jokes about genocide. He even, like, when he makes a joke, he's like, you could solve it in a snap. And then he snaps his fingers. And, like, it's crazy how, like, knowing what we know now, like, what happened in the MCU, like, even that kind of, like, was, like, very jarring to me, but not in a bad way. It was like, oh, shit, Thanos is snapping his fingers. Like, I, I guess I have so much PTSD from Infinity War and 
being so blown away. You're expecting something to happen. <laughs> yeah. I was like, no, 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 don't snap them. No. Yeah. And it's, it is one of those things. Um, and then he has the, and then as he's leaving the collectors, I mean, that's where he finds out his true meaning. Like he has the Wakanda necklace and it lights up when he passes the Wakanda ship. And obviously, and then the episode ends him reuniting with his family in Wakanda and everyone's just kind of going on about what they've been doing after 20 some years. Thanos is at the party still making the snap and the genocide jokes. He's like that guy that like everybody's friends with and like you know when you bring him to a party he's going to talk about like that one thing you know like, hey, remember that time yeah. I did such and such? Exactly. That's like <laughs> that's Thanos in this episode. Is he talks about like one thing, but he he does save the day for like the team. Like he, you know, he helps fight off all the collector's bad guys. You know, and I know we touched on Nebula. Nebula is not a robot, or at least not a, from what I could tell. I think she's kind of like an alien. I'm guessing. She still has like the marks on her eye, but she, yeah, she's like, she's got a voice and she's sassy and she's got hair, and it's a incredibly different version of Nebula. Still yeah. Thanos' daughter. Yes, it's a long story, which they yeah. said in the episode. Um, but it's, but yeah, I mean, so far two 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 episodes in. I like this one, but I still really like what they did with Agent Carter um, more because I just think this what if was really off the wall. Yeah, Agent Carter was more of like, here's something you already know, but we're going to put a twist on it and then we're going to tie it in all through. Um, this was I, this is something I would have never been like, oh, okay, sure, T'Challa can be Star-Lord, you know? Okay, <laughs> cool. Um but yeah, uh, if that's the vibe we're going to get off of these, if it's going to be a mixture of them tying in like the MCU that we already know, but changing some things, I- I'm cool with it. But then if they also want to give me some of these really weird, like funky, like, you know, ones too, I'm cool with it too. So I, I got to admit, I wasn't really excited for what if it just kind of existed to me, but I'm kind of looking forward to it. Like I'm going to say that like, an alarm this week to make sure I get up and watch like a show this week. Yeah, no, it's definitely uh, it's definitely got that. And two, I mean, with what this does, um, I think a big re- from what I recall reading uh, about episode two is that it kind of opens different doors for how they can move forward with Guardians, how they can move forward at Black Panther two, um, which we're getting Iron Heart and Black Panther two. That was confirmed which is interesting. Um, again, that's going to, I mean, phase four has given us all sorts of <laughs> very interesting things to look forward to. Um, and we're finding out a little more characters being added to these movies coming up. So I think Shang-Chi is going to give us a lot. Um, I think Shang-Chi is going to, I, I, I don't want to, I'm trying not hard not to get my expectations for this, but when there are people that like I trust and whose movie opinions I love, Tell me that this is the best movie since. And then they drop things like Logan. Or like, you know, they tell me it's 
a mixture of like Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, if it goes to the MCU. So uh, the Shang-Chi hype is, what is it? What are we, two weeks away from Shang-Chi? Less than that now? Yeah, um, I mean, let's get into that. I mean, the reviews, early reviews came out from critics, bloggers who've, who've early seen it, who've seen it. And obviously I went spoiler-free review. I typed to look up for this episode. Obviously I went, I typed in spoiler-free because uh, obviously we don't want that. But these are the things I took away from the critics and reviewers that have seen it. Best action in the MCU. One of the best origin stories in the MCU. Hits all MCU elements, characters, pace, and humor. Darker than expected. And excellent choreography in fight scenes. Dude, I remember when we were talking about our most anticipated... And I said, I want a kick-ass Kung Fu movie in the MCU. Like, I th- that was, like, verbatim what I wrote and what I said. And, yes, I'm getting that, you know? Like, um, I'm so excited. I don't know a lot about the character specifically. Um, it's not a character I really grew up reading. But the beautiful thing about the MCU is you can introduce me to some characters. Like, I was never really big into the Guardians of the Galaxy, and now I absolutely adore those characters. Um, so, you know, if you, you're going to bring me a, a character and supposedly this takes place around Iron Man one, I think they said like timeline wise. Yeah. I think I recall saying that too. It's, it's, it's somewhere in that vein, but yeah, I'm, you know, it, it, find what I recommend, you know, I, I found a couple of people that I watch and I read. You know, there, there's a guy on YouTube I'm talking about, him, John Campia, used to work at the movie blog, and he worked with AMC, and he was with Collider, and he's got his own channel now. And he does an amazing job of telling you his thoughts on the movie without telling you anything about the movie and spoiling it. So he and the people that are like Aaron, his bubble, I fully trust for their opinion. Because I, they, I mean, well, we're not always going to agree on stuff, you know, but for the most part, when he says the movie's really good, it's at least going to entertain me. And if he says the movie's trash, there's probably some stuff I'm going to like, but, you know, point is, is when he, he's seen the movie twice, he'll see it a third time, I think, coming up. And he has nothing but the best things to say about that movie, so. Yeah, um, absolutely. And it's a... Uh... It's going to be something to look forward to. I mean, we've got, like I said, with those little bullet points that I looked at, the expectations are going to be high. I mean, these are higher than the ones I had for Black for Black Widow, which ultimately disappointed for different reasons, which we've already talked about numerous times. Um, but, yeah, I mean, and then we've got the final... We got the final Eternals trailer as well, which it answered the question a lot of people asked. If these Celestials have been on the planet for 7,000 years, why didn't they jump in to stop Thanos? Well, I appreciate that they answered that in this trailer. Well, they, they were in, the answer, they were instructed to not help unless Deviants were involved. And there it is. <laughs> Man, this trailer, 
I dude, I watched that trailer like twelve times, and I think I told you this. You know, I, it's not that I haven't been interested in it. I just again, if it's like a, a if it's a comic you didn't read or you didn't know a lot about, and you know, I guess I'm kind of a simple person. Give me a lot of big bang boom action. I'm excited. We didn't get that with the first trailer, you know. Um, but this trailer, it told me what they're about. It told me who they were. It told me how the movie's going to go. It gave me an idea of the plot. It gave me a glimpse of presumably the villain. Um, it gave me some good action sequences. It gave me some really good funny <coughs> humor at the end there with that line about the Ikea table. Yes. Um, you know, it, this trailer did everything it needed to to take somebody like me. That's a nerd that was going to probably see it anyway but it wasn't really on my radar and bump it up to the level that you're at, which I know you're pretty excited. I think this is your most anticipated, right? Yes. Um, and one of the things too, I mean, and this is why the Eternals get involved now because it sort of ties in. Thanos' snap, it caused that little effect where deviants are back. Uh, so now the Eternals have to protect humanity from them. Um, and plus, you're getting different environments in this movie at once. I mean, you're going to get ancient worlds. You're going to get modern-day London. You're going to get other. You're going to get outer space. I mean, all that's going to be all that's taking place in this movie. Um, so that's really it's just all this I, crap happening. I love. I love the line that Angelina Jolie says, which is, "If you love something, you'll fight to protect it." And I think that's going to be the theme of this movie is that, you know, you've got these extraterrestrial higher beings that love humans. Like, you know, like they, they love us and they have all this incredible power and they're going to be the ones that are going to protect us. And no matter what happens in this movie, that's the vibe I'm going to carry into that movie is, you know, this is a team or a squad or a group and collection of people or beings that are fighting not just to like save the world but because they're fighting to say something they love and i love that like that line struck such a chord with me because it just tells me that it's not just a superhero movie it's like you know being a parent it's like you know defending your kid yeah um absolutely and i mean there's and they also said, Angelina Jolie also said it too. I mean, when they started this production, I mean, they started production after, after Endgame, after the Infinity Saga. So now this is obviously phase four, but it also is the start of kind of the new storyline, which is going to open up a lot of different doors in the MCU. And that's what I think the Eternals is going to do. So that's what I'm looking forward to. Yeah, I'm hyped. I'm hyped, guys. Like um, like I said, it wasn't on my radar before, but now I'm like, yes, give it to me. Give it to me now. Um, all right. Do we want to do our Titans review? I think that's all we have for the MCU stuff this week, right? Yep. Oh, that wraps yep. up MCU. Um, so let's cross over to the rival. Um, we're going to the DCU now. Um, season three of HBO Max's Titans 
came out, um, dropped the first three episodes last week. Um, and episode four was this week. And yeah, I mean, it picked up right kind of where we saw with the trailers and early reviews, picks up in Gotham, uh, but not really where I expected. Um, basically, it seems like they've been there for a good amount of time. Um, and except for Raven, she's trying to bring Donna back. Uh, but they're like, they're now hailed as heroes. They're not this ragtag group. Um, they're interviewed by the news. They're getting thanked by the Gotham PD. Um, so a lot changed um, in the storyline um, that just kind of popped up. Um, you're starting to see kind of the different characters development now, which I like. You're seeing Gar kind of going to Teen Titans Gar Beast Boy, where he's kind of the, hey, I'm this little comic relief type deal. Um, Superboy Connor is struggling after realizing his clone identity as Superman and Lex Luthor combined. Um, and Starfire is blacking out and having visions. So. Yeah, man. The I just... It blows my mind to think DC gets so much stuff not right. And then they have the show. Maybe I'm just a fanboy for it. I don't know. Because I know a lot of people don't like the show. I love the show. Like, it has a special place in my heart. Um, and just off the jump, you know, um, you know, when you, when you give me in the first 10 minutes of the episode, you give me Jason Todd going out to kill Joker, and then you see a scene of Joker just beating the shit out of him, presumably killing him. And then Batman goes out for revenge, presumably kills Joker, and then disappears. And that's kind of how I think we get the setup for the season is that, you know, Jason, who, spoiler alert, comes back. He's Red Hood, which the second you gave me the Jason Todd character, I knew at some point we were going to get Red Hood. Like, uh, that character is so synonymous with being Red Hood. Right. Um, but, you know... It, to me, like, I like how they got there, though. It was, you know, he was, you know, polluted, essentially, by Batman. And then he went out to do a job that he felt like Batman couldn't do. And then, you know, that's what his turn was, was, you know, ultimately finding out that he's going to get the shit kicked out of him and he needs to be stronger and different. Um, but, you know, as far as, like, the Red Hood design, I don't know, you and I have kind of joked about it. So one thing I don't like is I don't like the Red Hood mask. No. It's no, very like Iron Man-y. Deadpool. Deadpool. Yeah, Deadpool Iron Man was my comparison. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head with that. I did not like the mask. But other than that, I mean, it's like, it's like, I, it's like I told you. Every time I see that mask on the screen, I'm like, oh, what's Deadpool doing there? Because that's what it feels like. Because they don't, like, he just pops up and it's like, oh, oh, Deadpool. Nope, not Deadpool. DC. Whoops. Just redhead. Um, but I think, you know, the big takeaways in the first four episodes are that, you know, obviously he, he kills Hank. Blows him up. Kind of. I was going to say, does, does he really kill Hank? I mean, he did implant the bomb on his chest, but yeah. <laughs> he didn't actually pull the trigger. No. You know? It's like a jigsaw type of thing. 
where it's like, yes. you know, I, I didn't directly kill you, but I put you in a scenario where most likely you're, you're going to die. Um, you know, and I, I really appreciated that. That's how they like left that cliffhanger for a week of Hank's blown up. Connor cannot save him. Dawn is the one that pulled the trigger. Yep. And then immediately in episode four, I appreciated that they're dealing with that, you know, instead of just kind of like going back to doing Titan stuff, you know, Connor feels like a piece of shit. You know, he, he questions whether or not he's even his Superman side of himself, you know? And then there's a scene in the kitchen where Dawn, you know, basically forgives him, you know, and, um, cause she can't forgive herself. So, you know, it just, it, that scene got me, um, really bad. Like I teared up a little bit. Yeah. I, it didn't hit me that hard, honestly. Um, but I'm just a little bitch. Don't mind me. But it was, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's good to see how they dealt with it. Um, you see them, you see the two people direct most directly involved take it the hardest and it's a relatable move where you think they have to live with this decision that they made or they always have that guilty so i don't know if it's survivor guilt or however you want to label it it's I, they could have done more it's basically i was i think of that line now from endgame which thanos says you know all of your failures and what did it do? It brought you right back to me. And that's kind of how I felt about it. It was like, yeah, like they, they failed and it's ultimately going to bring them back to Red Hood. Right. Because, you know, like you said, he didn't actually technically kill him. Yeah. And then, yeah, so I, I mean, we're seeing Red Hood. He's going to be the main villain in this. Um, and then... I mean, we got Blackfire um, in episode four, but I think we just kind of skipped over it too. I mean, we were introduced to new Commissioner Gordon, Barbara Gordon, uh, who who has the long history with uh, with Dick Grayson and all that. And presumably, a, this is her after she had her encounter with the Joker. Like I don't, they never. I don't think they referenced it. But anytime I see Barbara Gordon in a wheelchair, I'm going to assume that's a reference to the Killing Joke. Yes, I would agree with that. So this isn't like, yay, Barbara Gordon, because they even talk about how she, she, she was Batgirl. Like she ref, she does reference that. Yeah, that's why she's so familiar with Dick and Bruce and all them. But yeah, she's in a wheelchair, so this isn't like happy go lucky barbara gordon this is like she was raped by the joker and then shot in the back and paralyzed by him barbara presumably like i said they don't say it but this 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 is not a good version of barbara gordon right yeah this isn't harley quinn barbara gordon um where she's batgirl stream live streaming on instagram um type deal this is Hey, I'm the commissioner. I have to fill my dad's shoes. And she's coming from a dark place. For sure. And then um, we also get Scarecrow. Um, 
at least Jonathan Crane anyway. So, I mean, this, this season, dude, they are turned, like, I, again, they, because it's a Titan show, you've got all of these villains and all of these characters, you know, it's not just a Superman story. It's not just a story about Raven. It's not just, it's, it, it's Batman, it, but they are turning hard into the Batman people this season and Blackfire. Um, so you're getting some of that, but yeah, this season I think is all about like the Batman people. That's what it feels like to me. Yeah, man, they're they're in Gotham, and so obviously, check that box. <laughs> um, and you're seeing more of the Batman villains with Joker and Scarecrow. So, I like the direction they're going. I know I've read some reviews where people are like, "Eh, I don't know about it," but. I mean, I like it. I think this is a good direction, and it's going to be interesting to see how they bring Raven into this. Um, if she can bring back Donna, so yeah, it she which she's we, the one we character we, we haven't. Yet. We, she's the one character we haven't really seen. We haven't seen it at all, you know. So um, this show, man, I just I, it continues to blow me away. Um, how good it is. And now Greg Berlanti, the guy that um, was the showrunner for Arrow all of those years, he's the one that's running the show now. So, you know, you take his sensibilities, especially those early couple of seasons of Arrow, I get some of that vibe from this show now too, you know? Yeah. um, Definitely. Um, Just hope it doesn't go as long um and and fall into dull storyline like arrow eventually did stay away from black canary and you're good but uh but yeah i mean that's that's catching up uh that's catching up kind of on the nerd news um with marvel and dc um like i said we got iron heart coming up in black panther 2 um Eternals trailer, saying she reviews, Titans off and running. What if off to a good start? Um, so so far, all these things that people questioned and have high hopes for, I think are, I think are on course uh, to living up to expectations. Um, but this next one, I don't know. We kind of thought a little more serious about, but. It's kind of funny at the same time, um, listeners. It's it's OnlyFans, um, and they're they announced that they're going to be dropping the pornography from their site. And yeah, um, those that don't know OnlyFans is most of it's pretty risque. It's um, basically like your neighbor wants to be naked and take videos and pictures of herself and she charges a monthly subscription fee and OnlyFans splits it with those people and then you have access to all of their content. It's it's paid. The site has other uses, but you know, since its inception, it's really kind of become like the next porn hub in a way. You know, which I know this is kind of a nerd podcast, but let's be honest, you know, we're all grown adults for the most part that listen to this, you know, like we've all either watched or experienced porn at some point, 
Um, but it does have like a bigger impact, you know, like it's not just all ha 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 ha. You know, we've got this serious aspect of, you know, sex work has been around. It's some of the earliest. It's the earliest profession. Um, it really is. That's what the, you know, I mean, that's kind of the saying about it, but, but for some of these people, I mean, look, I mean, people, articles I've read about OnlyFans are some of these people, I mean, this whole, you can say what you kind of get, okay, getting serious here, but some of these people doing it as a side hustle because they can't fully live on their current wage. Or they lost their jobs during the pandemic. Right. You know, I mean, it's not everybody can do Uber. Right. And I mean, even that kind of took a hit during the pandemic because not as many people went out. Um, so you're looking at it. I mean, the only thing I think that really picked continued were if you got a side hustle as a Postmate, DoorDash, Grubhub, any food service delivery. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's a, for some of these people, it's a either side hustle just to have some extra income. Some it's their sole income. If you're really good, some, some of it's just, Hey, what the fuck? I'm just going to do this for fun. But either way, it's going to be a financial impact on people. And it's from what I read, it's about the credit, the credit cards processing or something. I think that's the reason that the credit cards companies cut. Yeah, it's something with that. And then I think the government also is wanting to like, you know, OnlyFans isn't... Because of extremist groups. Extremist groups. Yeah. Yeah, there's that aspect to it. So there's... Okay, I don't... I'm not going to sit here and just completely shit on the the website. I understand, you know, like why they're trying to make the turn that they do. But at the end of the day, nobody would know who OnlyFans was or give a shit who they were if it wasn't for the sex industry. Like, you know, when that industry kind of took over that website, you know, that website is, I don't know what their current net worth is, but I'm sure it was, a, it's well, significantly more now than it was, you know, three years ago. Right. I mean, it was started in 2016 and, look, I mean, it came out, um, I think it was something like in within 24 hours, I think I remember this, within 24 hours, Bella Thorne joined, she made a million dollars off it within 24 hours and well, you don't have to and, post nude photos right and whatever who was it like the cash me outside how about that girl <laughs> also uh made, bad baby yes her rap name damn pop culture uh, but she made a million i think within her first 24 hours like so i think and that's kind of what and and it also did piss off some of the average people on, that are on there for what about the sex work or posting nudes or whatever they wanted to do. Like, because these celebrity, it's like, I'm going to equate it to sort of like you and I starting these podcasts, our sports and nerd podcast. We do it, we do it for fun. Obviously, if we, Grew it, obviously wanted to grow, but if we grew it and 
it blew up, that's great, but tonight a celebrity can start their own podcast and have 20 sponsorships and make a shit ton of money because of who they are already. Yeah, they'll have the best equipment. And right. They'll have marketing and shit behind it. Yeah, it's it, it's about the power it. that... And that's kind of it, man. It's the brand. That's what this is. It's the brand of a celebrity. It's all that, but look, bottom line, I don't care what your thoughts are. Um, let uh, people are people are earning a living. They're paying taxes. Let them do what they want for money, as long as it's not illegal. Yeah, as long as you're being safe about it, you know. One thing that I've appreciated, I can't blame myself for this, but you know, the one thing that's had a change in the last 20 years, you know, within the porn industry is the safety of it. You know, like people get tested for STDs and stuff. And, you know, as long as you're doing it safely, you know, and you're not harming anybody physically and everything's consensual, and, um, you know, go for it. Like, I've never understood the stigma behind, you know, why it's, <laughs> if somebody yeah, wants to sit. Yeah, like at the end of the day, like if I want to, if I want to willingly sell my body or my pictures of myself and I want to use it as a means to make money and I'm not getting hurt by it and the person purchasing it isn't getting hurt by it in any kind of physical way, you know, then who cares? Like, uh, yeah, taboo is the word, Eric. The, the, the sex industry is very taboo and it does bring some of it on itself, you know, but you know, I mean, there's a reason Pornhub is like the most visited website, like on the internet, or one of them. You know, there, there's a reason. There's a <laughs> that. Yeah, and there's this. There's a musical. It's been out for a while. Um, I'm kind of a theater nerd, um, but also it's called Avenue Q. It's like a adult parody version of Sesame Street. And there's a song in it called. The internet is made for porn. And it's hilarious, but it's kind of true. <laughs> I mean, yeah, there's a reason why the porn industry is a multi-billion dollar industry and why some of the most visited sites on the internet are porn sites. So, yeah, man. It, hey, we bring you the hard-hitting news at PMP, okay? So... But I mean, legitimately, this is like one of like the most talked about stories. Like it this really story is. was on, like it, it, it's making national news. Internet, yeah, it's all over. CNN, Worldwide news. Yeah, CNN, Fox, so. NBC, MSNBC, all those. Um, because of, because of, and I think, yeah, I mean, you mentioned the last 20 years, like it's become quote unquote safer and all that, but it's also, I don't really say more accepted. I think it's just, become more mainstream than anything because of the technology we have now. Yeah, man. I mean, anybody can, you know, 30 years ago, not everybody could be a porn star. You know, 30 years ago, if you wanted to get into that line of work, John you had a, yeah, Roger. sure. Uh, you know, I'm thinking, trying to think of some other names. I can't. Why did I only have <laughs> guys there? <laughs> yeah, that's weird. Jada Jameson. Um, Jameson. So, um, but anyway, so the point is, though, is that, you know, 
Nowadays, anybody Tommy Lee sex tape. Anybody, well, that was not really meant for porn, but point is that anybody could do it nowadays. You know, right. if you wanted to start selling, you know, if you decided I want to get into this, you know, you find either a, a, the necessary equipment or an able-bodied, willing participant, and set up a couple of cameras that aren't too expensive. You could stream that shit and make a ton of money off some weirdos, you know. And the, the, that's thing is, it's there's something for everybody. Everybody has a thing that they like or that they're into, and it's just the, the porn industry is just a thing, man. Where it's there is something for everyone, even the really really weird and particular people out there, you know. Yep. Talking about you, feet people, um, and you know anybody can do it. Yeah, and that's kind of it too. Um... So it is going to be interesting to kind of follow this. I mean, you know, I know we kind of got away from our typical Planet Nerd podcast topics, but I mean, like we said at the beginning of this, the way we are doing it this season, it's pop culture, it's it's cultural news, um, and this has an impact on on people that you may know that are doing this. Like I said, for financial reasons, because of what happened during the pandemic and or just for fun. So it does have an impact on real people. These aren't, most of these are not actors or actresses. Um, though there are some that do this, but look, just, uh, yeah, we're going to follow this to kind of see where it goes. It's an interesting storyline to follow, but that's going to wrap up this week's episode. Join us next week. Uh, for another recap of what if Titans and whatever news comes in between now and then take care. Bye nerds.